Welcome to the Beyond the Sermon podcast. Over the next 20 minutes, our goal is to dig deeper into the themes and topics of the most recent Sunday teaching. We'll look to tackle some of the challenging kinds of questions that you may be thinking as you heard the message but didn't get the opportunity to ask the teacher at the time. So whatever you're doing right now, at the gym, driving, folding laundry, whatever it might be, we invite you to listen in as together we go Beyond the Sermon. Welcome everyone. My name is Joni Pine. I'm the Director of Hospitality here at The Ridge, and I'm also your host for this week's episode of Beyond the Sermon. Sitting right across from me today is your usual host, Will Heron. Will, looking forward to our conversation today. Yes, thanks for for being here to host. It's yes, great. It kind of feels interesting. Right? This is always the harder seat, sitting across <laughs> here, so? having to answer the questions. Okay. Oh, so. good. Good. Well, then this should be a cinch, huh? Yeah. <laughs> For me. We'll see. Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, well, there are quite a few passages in the Bible where Jesus appears post-resurrection. I'm thinking of him appearing to his disciples in Luke 24, where he has breakfast with them, and John 21. Another occasion, he appears to 500 people all at once. But the passage you shared from Luke 24 is probably the most personal of Jesus's post-resurrection appearances. There's just two disciples present, and they are walking along the road to Emmaus discussing Jesus's arrest, execution, and death. And it's into this conversation Jesus enters. They don't know it's Jesus, and they're talking, but they proceed to pour out their pain, disappointment before him. And you said how in the Bible this is called lament, the space where we name our pain before God. So will. This isn't something we tend to talk to so much. Why do you think lament is so important for us to consider? I think you're right on that, Joni. You know, one of the things that I was a bit concerned about in in giving this message is the fact that it's a subject matter that a lot of times we don't want to really talk about. It feels like kind of morbid to talk about pain and suffering in, in our lives. But the reason why I think it's important to address this is because it's relevant to everybody. Uh, we all experience pain, and at some point in our lives, we all experience pain on a level that causes, you know, deep grief, disappointment, maybe some doubts about God and, and His goodness. And over the course of the last few years at the Ridge, I've had the opportunity to hear people share their life stories and. Joni, honestly, some of those stories have contained some really difficult things. You know, people have tragically lost loved ones or they've shared of broken relationships, infertility, divorce, job losses. And some of our listeners, I'm sure, have walked through some of those things or, or know people that have as well. But within those seasons and even beyond those seasons, God gives us a sacred space to come before him. Uh, to share our disappointments, our grief, our pain. And as I mentioned in my message, I think the fact that this space of lament is so common in the Bible says to me that God cares about our suffering. Mm -hmm. He understands how difficult life can be. And Jesus himself, uh, you know, he felt the, the pang of hardship on this earth and he understands what it means to live this life. So, that's why one of the reasons why lament is is important and also it's encouraging just to think of how God meets us there mm -hmm. and provides us that space to share before him. But I also think it's important to mention that sometimes people can feel that speaking of our doubt or mm. our disappointment before God is somehow a sign of weak faith. Right. And yet I would argue, Joni, that great faith is often forged within seasons of lament. Yeah. These are the kinds of seasons where our trust in God can actually be strengthened. Mm -hmm. You know, we believe that God is good and loving, and yet maybe our situation is painful. 
But by the Holy Spirit's help, we can choose to trust God. And as we do, you know, we're strengthening our faith. And and then one last thing in terms of why this is important to talk about, I, I just also think that lament can be a sign of maturity in our relationship with God. I mean, mm-hmm. think about the most, you know, the deepest relationships you have. Aren't they normally the most kind of vulnerable and, mm-hmm. and authentic? Yeah. And lament, we are both vulnerable and authentic before God. We're sharing honestly and reverently what's on our heart and on our mind. So I would encourage our listeners, don't see lament as a sign of weakness. Rather, okay. see it as a sign of maturity, actually, in your relationship right. with God and uh, a space that He's given to us in, in difficult seasons. That's good. There's a lot of reasons, right, to yes. to lean into it. Um, I think it's our natural bend to pull away. That's right. And to not want to talk about it or to feel like a wah-wah in a conversation when you're actually just trying to be honest in where you are. So that's yes. a lot of reasons that we should lean into And that. so many examples in the Bible of laments. I mean, mm-hmm. blows your mind, you know, almost half of the Psalms are Psalms yes. of laments where people yeah. are like, God, where are you? What's mm-hmm. going on? Uh, I, you know, I look at other people who are doing unjust things and their life seems to be great and mine seems to be falling apart. Right. Like, or you seem silent mm-hmm. and, um, you know, darkness is my closest friend. That's right. from Psalm 88. Mm. These are places where people are just pouring out their hearts before God, you yeah. know? And so it's amazing that he is, he's, he gives us that space to do that reverently before him. Yeah. And I even think about social media you know, that drives just people's kind of perfected, you know, they, when they post, they're not going to post like this. <laughs> yeah, that you know? transparently. And, yes. Yeah, and yeah. so I think it can be this cycle in your mind that everybody else is perfect or not in lament when they right. maybe are. They maybe they are. Most mm-hmm. people are at some point yes. in some level, in some sort of lament in their lives, but you don't see that on the scroll, right? That's true. Yeah. That's true. That's yeah, good. Okay. For sure. So you also mentioned in your message about God challenging our sometimes false expectations of him during seasons of pain. Can you unpack this a little for us? How do we even go about identifying false expectations we have for God? Yeah, well, this is an interesting one because uh, it's a bit of an unexpected thing in the passage where Jesus challenges them. At first, you're just like, whoa, 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 like, who wants to be challenged in their pain? I mean, (laughs) I certainly don't. But here's the thing, Joni, I think it's important to recognize that not all pain or disappointment is legitimate. Much of it is, but some of it isn't. Sometimes we end up disappointed with God because we hold false expectations of Him. And I mentioned a couple of examples in my message, one of which was you know, being disappointed with God because we didn't get a promotion maybe that we desired. And yet we realize that the disappointment comes from a false expectation Mm -hmm. that God wants us all to grow in monetary prosperity increasingly throughout our lives. That's a false expectation and Mm -hmm. a false promise. So we have to be careful of what false expectations we're pinning on God. In terms of how we begin to identify those false expectations, I think that's slightly harder, but... Perhaps you can begin by thinking, what are the main things that I feel that God has promised me? Mm. And why do I believe that? 
You know, can we can we trace those promises to the Bible? And even then, are they promises intended for all, or mm. are they maybe just for an individual or a specific group? Mm-hmm. Um, I would also encourage people to reflect on whether some of the things we believe God has promised us are more things we just deeply desire. Mm-hmm. We're quite good at attributing yes. like divine inspiration for things that we really want, right? And and justifying things. You know, to give an extreme example, I've heard of people who feel like God has promised them a particular person as their spouse, Mm -hmm. you know, that they're like, that person God has given me Mm -hmm. to marry, when actually, I think what they're doing is getting their desires mixed up with God's direction. Yeah. And I know that's an extreme example, but we we just have to be careful that when we Mm -hmm. believe God has promised us something, that we aren't just giving our strong desires an imaginary divine source. Mm -hmm. So... I would encourage folks, just be mindful of pinning any expectation on God that we don't explicitly see in the Bible. That's good. It also can be very hard to do that. Yes. Right? Yes. That's a, again, you talked about mature Christians, like that is a maturing to decide, is this my expectation or is this what the Bible says? Yes. Walking alongside other people who may be further along can help you. Yes, you know, kind of discern that. Yeah, um, yeah. I think honestly, Joni, some of the most valuable relationships in my life are are with people who are able to ask good questions. Yeah, I mean, Jesus was able to do that so well, but they're able to ask good questions, particularly of the things that we're holding tightly to. Mm-hmm. I think that's another thing that Jesus highlighted in people's lives or helped them to see. Yeah. things that they were maybe holding very tightly. You think of the rich young ruler, you know, he just yes. asked a series of questions. And I think when we're thinking about getting God's promises mixed up with our desires, yeah, those are the areas that we need to be looking in. Yeah, Like that I'm really clinging to this and, and believing this is, yeah. is really true and what God is promising me. But sometimes we just got to spend a bit of time thinking about that and reflecting on that. Is yeah. this really right. something that God is promising? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it's it's an important thing for us to reflect on. And doing that in isolation could be really hard, right? Yeah. Trying to decide that on your own rather than doing it in a community or asking some of those questions to draw you to That's is right. this an expectation? Like where did that come from? Right. Right. That's yes, to have so that perspective healthy. of yourself is that's yes. why community is important. Yes. Uh, we're not, we don't always have the best perspective on ourselves when we're looking, we're just literally looking inside of ourselves. Yeah. Sometimes we need that community of people to see from their perspective Yeah. and maybe God's speaking through them. Yeah. Too, so and I'll just say personally, expectations have always been something that I wrestle with, that I put on myself, I put on other people and certainly I put on God right. and that's that white space that I, I usually find the Lord will be so gentle with me and remind mm. me like, where did this come from, Joni? Like, right. Let's go back to the source of where is this expectation from? Yes. You know, and to a lot of surrender and letting go in that. Well, surrender is the word, I think, because right. sometimes we can have those expectations and we think that should be a promise of yours, God. Like <laughs> right. that's a good expectation. Yeah. And and sometimes it means then trusting God right. when he's like I haven't promised you that, but I've promised you something else that's better. Yeah. You might maybe can't see it right now. Mm-hmm. And I don't underestimate just how difficult that can be sometimes, right. you know? Yeah. But again, it's asking for the Lord's help to be able to trust him in that way and to believe yeah. that if he has promised something for me, it's it's going to be infinitely good for yeah. me. 
Right. Even when I can't see it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And often we can't and it gets clouded. Like you talked about that gray area between our desires and his expectations. Mm -hmm. That gray area is, I think, where people can either silo in a negative way towards, you know, away from Mm -hmm. God or they can surround themselves with healthy people to encourage them to seek towards God. Yes. And health. So it's good. It's really good. Really yeah. Good. All right. I want to close by recalling a quote you read um, by the author and pastor Pete Craig. So he said this We mustn't mistake God's silence for his absence. How would you encourage any of our listeners who feel like they are in that kind of season where God feels silent, like he is on mute, if it mm. were? Well, first, I, I'd recommend Pete's book. It's called God on Mute. And particularly if you're in a season where you feel God is silent in a difficult season, Pete speaks from his own personal experience. Um, His wife has lived with a chronic illness for a number of years, and so um, he's able to speak personally from that place. So I would encourage people to check out that book. But speaking to those who maybe feel like they are in those seasons of silence, I want to say again that I don't underestimate how difficult that can be you know, walking through something that's painful and yet not sensing God close or not even sensing God speaking to you, you know, that's that's hard. Very. But Joni, the, I think the main thing I would direct people toward in those seasons would be the most public statement that God has made of himself in all of history. And that is the cross and the empty tomb. There's a an author, Oz Guinness, who's actually the great, great, great grandson of Arthur Guinness. He invented Guinness, mm-hmm. fun fact. Mm-hmm. And uh, But our Os Guinness, he once wrote something that has been so helpful for me in this area. We may be in the dark about what God is doing, but we're not in the dark about who he is. Mm-hmm. And God has revealed himself in the cross and the empty tomb. Mm-hmm. You know, they can be both an anchor for us. They can be monuments for us in a sense uh, through those seasons where it seems like he's quiet or it seems like he's kind of in the dark, you know, and we, we don't know where is God in this because both the cross reveals his great love for us and the empty tomb and the resurrection speaks of his great power. Right. And that's important because in pain and hardship, we often fear that God has maybe forgotten about us. Maybe he doesn't care or maybe he's, maybe he doesn't have the power to, change the situation or work it for good. And yet the cross and the resurrection say the opposite. They say he loves us, he's with us, and he's powerful enough to bring good from the most dark and, and difficult things. Mm-hmm. One th- one more thing I would say on God's silence, and it, it got me thinking about what's called the intertestamental period, which is basically you know, between the Old and, and New Testament. So right at the end of the Old Testament, you got the prophet Malachi. And then there's about a 400-year-plus gap between Malachi and John the Baptist. And that seemed like a period of silence really right. for uh, for a lot of people from Israel uh, at that time where they didn't hear from God. But despite centuries of what seemed like silence, God wasn't idle. Yeah. He hadn't forgotten Israel or the world, actually. You know, a time was coming when Jesus, the Messiah, would come. So in that time of silence, God was still working everything toward mm. his good and perfect will. And Journey, I think this gives us great hope within those seasons of silence yeah. that we feel like with God. Mm. Yeah. He hasn't abandoned us. He hasn't lost control. He is still with us and he is he's still God. Mm-hmm. So I hope those two things are yeah, encouraging for folks. 
Yeah, that's so good. And I know you and I both are passionate about worship. That is a place that I've often felt in seasons of lament or feeling like I, I don't know what God is doing in this time. I found worship to be such a centering place to mm. focus on the cross, focus on the resurrection, because I think, you know, Jesus obviously has saved our lives, but he can also save your day, right? Yes. And he yep. can meet you in that place. Worship for me has been a place where I can often go and focus on those things Yes, um, in, a, in a lament season, for example. And that's the that's the wonderful thing about worship is worship is a response. I mean, we we have revelation of who God is, and then we respond to Him and worship. Where that's mm-hmm. one of the ways that we can use worship. But worship also reminds us. Yeah. That's the cool thing, and that's why it's cool. Singing songs are not just from the last decade, but maybe from the last hundred or two hundred years. Yeah. Is that you know that people have been using these songs to revisit the same truths about who God is and His character, mm-hmm. and what He has promised, right. and that can be so helpful for us, particularly in that season where we don't yes. feel God is close, but we return to what we know of Him and yeah. what He's revealed about Himself, mm-hmm. and we can get that through yes, worship songs, but. Um, probably primarily as well through the Bible. Right. Honestly, there's any seasons journey that I feel like I've had where it feels like maybe God is distant or I feel like I've drifted a bit. Mm-hmm. I always come back to the gospels and just mm-hmm. start reading through the life of Jesus okay. and his words and who he is. And cause it's, he's the father perfectly mm-hmm. displayed in the character of Jesus. It's so God good. himself. So I think that can also be an anchor for us. That's yeah, can really breathe life into those harder seasons. Yeah. It's so good, Will. So good to to process lament because it's something that we don't often talk about in the yeah, hey, it's important. how are you? It is so important. Yeah. So important. Yeah. Well, Will, thanks so much for your time today and the work you put into crafting the message. Thanks for having me host today. Yes, thank you, Joan. Such a joy. Thank you for listening. If you're looking to find more resources on lament and how to lament, be sure to check out some of the books listed in our podcast show notes today. Thanks again for being with us. We hope you'll join us next time on Beyond the Sermon. I hope you enjoyed our conversation this week. I want to mention one last thing before we go. Our heart at the Ridge is to help people grow in their relationship with God. There are so many ways to get connected into what can be life-changing environments for you and your family. The best way to keep in touch with all that is happening is through our website, ridgelife.org, but also through our weekly e-news. You can sign up to receive this directly to your inbox using the link in our podcast show notes. Finally, thanks so much for listening. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please feel free to share with friends or family. We hope to catch you next time on Beyond the Sermon.